Raider Nation, it's that time of the week again. Subscribe and tune in to get the latest news and analysis on everything silver and black. But yes, the Las Vegas Raiders have their guy, Josh McDaniels. Looking for objective opinions and interviews with A-list guests? Just pod, baby. Congrats on 100 episodes. I'm happy for you guys. Keep doing your thing, and thanks for having me, man. It was a blast. Look no further. You are listening to Just Pod, baby, a Las Vegas Raiders podcast. Brought to you by SportsNot.com. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. And now your host, Evan Grote. Raider Nation, hello and welcome to this special episode of Just Pod, baby, a recap edition of the show. I'm your host, Evan Grote. Thank you for joining me. Just Pod Baby is brought to you by sportsnot.com. Please click the follow button wherever and however you get your podcast. Please do that for me. Uh, you know, I, interesting, I'm listening to the introduction here to the show as as we were getting brought in there and you hear uh, the, the audio from Ian Rappaport. The Raiders have their man, Josh McDaniels, uh, who now Many of us in the fan base are questioning how much more time does he have left. I'm questioning whether or not I should have a new introduction made very soon. And then you hear the comments from the late, great Al Davis. You have to win. You cannot be a success in the NFL without winning. And obviously the Raiders are not winning enough right now. They are not winning enough uh, under Josh McDaniels. We are here this evening, a day after the Raiders' embarrassing loss, 30-12 to to the Chicago Bears. We've had a day to digest it now. We heard from Coach McDaniels on Monday. Still not a lot of answers from him. The fan base has been all over him Monday, rightfully so. Really, all season they've been all over him since last season, but even more so now. I've never seen the fan base so united on something. Uh, we've seen too many of these bad losses in the last 24 games under Josh McDaniels, whether it was the Colts game last year versus Jeff Saturday in his first game ever coaching at any level, whether it was the Rams game when they signed Baker Mayfield off the couch and had only three days to prepare. This one ranks right up there with those two games. I'm not going to get into where it ranks, but they're all bad. There's no way around it. And even before McDaniels got here, To the Raiders, we have seen the team have these kind of stinkers on the road against bad teams. I remember them getting beaten badly uh, by the Jets. I believe it was like a December game, cold. uh, A lot of uh, elements played a factor in that game. The Falcons, I believe it was 43-6 to if I recall correctly. I think it was in Gruden's final year as well. They had a bad one against the Giants. So nothing new for this team and certainly no different under... Josh McDaniels. We're going to get into it a little bit here. Uh, I do have a guest. uh, Actually, in just a second, I'll I'll tell you who that guest is, but I want to apologize for not getting a show out to you guys prior to the game last week on Thursday like I normally do. I was prepared to record the show as I always do, uh, but my guest from the Bears had to cancel on me last second. He was not feeling well. He said one of his kids was was sick, and uh, so as you know, the, the the centerpiece of the show is always based around a guest, uh, especially during the season. I always want to get you that scouting report on the opposing team. And and so I decided to pivot at the last second, decided I would uh, cancel the, the preview show and, and, and decided to 
get you a recap st- uh, show instead. So here we are now. I mentioned a guest uh, who I'm going to you know bring in here in just a second. I wanted to make sure that I got you guys a you know somebody good. Uh, to make up for not getting the show out to you last week. So we will be joined by former Raiders right tackle. He's now a member of the radio broadcast team. He's the color commentator. Lincoln Kennedy will give us uh, some of his time this evening and some of his thoughts from the game against the Bears. And then also we're going to discuss just some big picture topics with the Raiders, the struggles in the run game, and get his opinion on the future of Josh McDaniels. Before I bring him in, though, uh, I do want to play the opening statement from Josh McDaniels uh, in his Monday press conference when he met with the media. Let's take a listen. Well, um, as we said, you know, last night, you know, just nothing. We we really we got outplayed, um, really, in two of the three phases for sure. Um, I thought we competed hard in the kicking game, but um, we got you know. Coached, I'll co- we got to coach better, play better, compete better. Um, there's a lot we can do better. I know our team's better than that, but uh, we certainly didn't didn't uh, put it out there on the field yesterday. So we got a lot to improve on, and that's what we're going to do today. <clears throat> outplayed in all three uh, phases of the game is right. They were out coached. That is right. Everything he said there was completely accurate. Uh, they were dominated on the line of scrimmage. That was a major part of the problem. Couldn't stop the run. Uh, the defense didn't tackle well. Um, maybe had they been able to to stop the run a little bit better, they could have made life a little bit more difficult on Tyson Bajant. Uh, instead, the Bears were able to stay ahead of the sticks, put their quarterback in good uh, positions, and then they were able to execute their game plan for their undrafted rookie making his first start. Brian Hoyer made the start for the Raiders. He hasn't won a start in his last 12 attempts. Why? Knowing that, why would you make that decision to go with him? It doesn't make any sense to me. I know O'Connell wasn't great in his lone start this year, but I thought that the kid showed enough. I would have liked to see uh, the growth he made from start one to start two with another week of full week of preparation, um, but he didn't get that opportunity. McDaniels was asked about that decision after the game on Sunday, and I do have that audio uh, of that response, and I do want to play that for you right now. Just, I mean, we just, we've looked, look, I've seen him practice every day, you know what I mean? And, and I've watched him and, and I, and I saw Aiden and, you know, in the LA game and had an opportunity to, to really understand what was going on there and saw Brian last week in the New England game. And, you know, so just made the decision to, you know, try to, you know, go with the, the veteran guy and, and try to go out there and play a, a, a solid game, you know? And so, uh, I'm not going to second guess it and guess that. <clears throat> I understand that, uh, but are, is there ever any consideration just to kind of see what you have in Aiden? Yeah, but this isn't the preseason anymore. You know what I mean? We 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 we, we had a, a, an entire week of practice in LA. You know, or some most of the week. You know, we had an opportunity to practice them. Um, you know, and there were some good things, and there were some other things that you know we needed to, to work on and fix, and obviously get better and improve. So. Um, you know that that's such is life in that regard. You know when your when your starter is not available. You know you're trying to make what you think is the best decision for the team. Again, I, I don't put this all on one person. Now let's make sure we make that clear. There's a lot of people uh, that can do a better job of what we did today, and, uh, and that's what we're going to need to do. <laughs> you know, in my opinion, McDaniel's made the mistake uh, of going with what he thought was a was more of a low risk move. I, I felt that. And based on the comments that we just heard, going with the veteran, 
against the bad team. I think that they thought that Brian Hoyer could manage this game against a bear, a bad Bears team. The problem that we know, and McDaniels keeps saying, you know, which, no, Josh, we don't know. <laughs> we don't know, so quit saying that. But what we know is that Hoyer is not capable of winning games as a starter. He hasn't won a game since 2016, I think the number was, the year was. And in my opinion, O'Connell offers you more upside. Apparently, they saw O'Connell as the higher risk, and that was a risk that they were not willing to take. You know, he said he doesn't have any regrets on it, but I'm willing to bet deep down inside he'd like to have that one back. And, I, you know, I do want to point out, I think he's fair to say that it's not all on the quarterback. It, it wasn't all Brian Hoyer's fault. The defense didn't play well. But, you know, definitely the quarterback was, was a big part of the problem in this game. Now, the last thing that I want to mention before we uh, go out to the guest line and bring in uh, Lincoln Kennedy is, is now the Raiders... Uh, have to go on the road again, back to back weeks on the road, and they're and they're going to Detroit now with with an extra day to prepare. They play Monday night, another primetime game for this team. I bet you the NFL schedule makers wish they could do have a, a do over on that one, putting the Raiders in prime time so many times. But anyways, they go on the road and face a Detroit Lions team who I still think is one of the top teams in the league. They were embarrassed. Just like the Raiders were against the Ravens, uh, the Ravens are a much better team than the Bears. However, uh, but they're going to get an angry Lions team <laughs> looking to get that taste out of their mouth. And so, I have some major concerns for Las Vegas going into this game. One of the questions we're going to continue to monitor this week: we we heard reports that Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be back for this game on Monday and start the game, but. And we probably won't find that out for sure, for sure, until probably Sunday. I'm sure they're going to keep that, you know, uh, in house until the last possible moment. But let's say Garoppolo can't go. You know, the Raiders have a quarterback conundrum right now. Who who starts this game on Monday night if Garoppolo? Let's say he doesn't get himself ready to play. Do you go with Brian Hoyer again off that, you know, awful showing, or? Do they change course again and go back to Aiden O'Connell? So I think that'll be interesting to see how that plays out should Garoppolo not be ready. But again, from all uh, from the reports that we got the last couple of days, they, they do expect Garoppolo uh, to be good to go. All right, you've heard enough from me now. Let's talk to someone who knows a heck of a lot more about this stuff than I do. I want to welcome in our guest uh, now to Just Pod Baby, former Raiders right tackle. He's part of the radio broadcast team as well uh, with Jason Horowitz uh, as the color commentator for Compass Media. Happy to be joined tonight by Mr. Lincoln Kennedy. And, and Lincoln, we appreciate your time this evening. We hope that you're doing well. And I'm going to jump right into it now. We will start with some of your thoughts on the game from Sunday's loss, and then we're going to go some big picture topics with you. Uh, I want to start with Josh McDaniel's decision to go with the veteran Brian Hoyer over Aiden O'Connell. Of course, we saw O'Connell get the start in week three versus the Chargers. It wasn't always pretty in that game by by O'Connell. And, and, you know, we all know hindsight is twenty twenty. but what are some of your thoughts on the choice to start Hoyer in the game 
and how that eventually played out for the Raiders. Well, uh, when the Raiders played before they played the, the Bears, they were at three and three, five hundred. And I think they were sharing that three and three record at the time with maybe thirteen other, twelve or thirteen other teams in the National Football League. So I didn't. I actually expected the decision to go with Hoyer. I think the veteran status gave him a little bit more of an upper hand. We had a chance to see an Aiden O'Connell start a game when uh, Garoppolo was down in the Charger game a couple weeks ago, um, and he struggled. And the main reason he struggled was his his sort of uh, quarterback clock, his internal clock, wasn't going all quick enough. Um, Chargers had a field day. Khalil Mack had six sacks, um, and and really you know stymied the offense. So my sort of a roundabout way of answering the question, I think the future is bright for Aiden O'Connell, but I didn't mind the start of uh, Brian Hoyer this past weekend against Chicago uh, because I thought it was the right thing to do. With that being said, about the game, I mean, I was disappointed. I was disappointed in the play because coming into the game, you knew that Chicago was struggling offense. You knew that the star quarter, starting quarterback was going to be down and wasn't going to be around. Um, and so you, they were going with a backup who hadn't played and, you know, had Division two contract or D- Division three school. Um, and, you know, you, sh- you should have been just slobbering at the mouth, slobbering at the mouth, if you will, uh, if you're going in there thinking about that, the quarterback situation. But we did know that, and I say this collectively because during my film study, I know the, the, the Raiders did, we didn't know the Bears had a good running football team. They were a good running team. And if you can make them the best way to, to, you know, make a quarterback feel uneasy or, or, or sort of arrest is make them one dimensional, make them have to pass the ball a lot, even though they've got a speedy receiver, DJ Moore. I thought that the, the Raiders had the upper advantage roster wise, uh, to be able to win that game. So it was, I was embarrassed for the team, um, and very disappointed in what I saw because I just felt collectively it wasn't a very valiant effort. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, especially when you talked about the Raiders having the what what I thought and most people thought was the better roster on paper. You know, I heard yep. McDaniel mm-hmm. speak with the media on Monday, and, and he was asked <clears throat> if he saw any of this, you know, coming in the during the week of practice. He said no, and he thought the team had a really good week of preparation. So, in your opinion, how do you explain a game like what we just saw? I mean, is it traveling east? How much of a factor is that play into it? Uh, was it just lack of execution? poor game planning. I mean, you mentioned some of the momentum that the team had coming into the game off the two-game win streak. The defense was playing a little bit better. The Bears have struggled all year. You know, things seemingly were adding up for Las Vegas, and then they come out there and lay an egg. So what's your take on that? Well, I mean, it, it, it's just disappointing because, you know, when you think that there are leadership or you've seen times where leadership has shown up and able to bring the best out of the guys – uh, and then you see a performance like that, it's disappointing. I, I thought it had everything to do, the intangibles of execution. I, I thought preparation was fine. And you know, a lot of people put credence into the travel. The travel these days really isn't as much as people think, you know, back in, and, and I still think they do it to this to extent, but they leave Friday when they change a, a time zones, when they have to change time zones. So, you know, coming from Vegas to Chicago is not that big of a jump or not that hard of a travel uh, day. Uh, so they got there Friday, uh, Friday evening. I had all day Saturday and then Sunday they, you know, they went to did the game. So I don't think travel was an issue. It just over to me, it came down to, I thought there weren't enough adjustments made in the second half of, uh, in my opinion. And even the way they started the game, I thought was strong, but you know, the problem is, is that you, you put in a very dangerous You set yourself up for a very dangerous scenario. And what I mean by that is earlier that week, Devontae Adams had come going public saying he wanted the ball more 
he wasn't happy, you know, and then there was some speculation that they were going to trade him. Well, they never had any intentions of trading him. So I knew that was uh, all for nil. But the fact when you have a star receiver of that type of quality and caliber to really um, to really go off and say, you know what, I need to get the football, the way that plays, especially into a backup quarterback's mind, is like I've got to find a way to get the ball to 17. Got to find a way to get the ball to 17. And the, the truth of the matter is it, it doesn't always work that. It's not that simple. And the, the, the last attempt they made to Devontae Adams before he left the game was a pick six. And they were throwing that route during the day. So it had to be a time where a corner was going to sit on it and make a pick for six, picks for six. And that's exactly what happened. And that's what I mean, the second half adjustments. You have to know you can't go back to that route or that pass route. You can't go back to that because they're going to be looking for it now. You used it up. So those were a part of the adjustments. But just overall execution, I was a little disappointed in. I, I thought I, I expected to see better. You know, Lincoln, having, having played in the league yourself for many years, what's the morale like for the players right now? You know, with the way the season has gone, lots of ups and downs, coming off a bad loss like they did on Sunday, how long does it take a team to kind of flush a game like that and then begin to move on towards the next one? Oh, you got to have a real short memory in this league because you're, you're, you're facing another game the next week. And then when the season's over, you're probably left dealing with your feelings about how the season went. Or if you're going to playoffs or you're looking forward to it, or you're just, you know, figuring out what's going to be next, your next move. So you got to have a short memory when you're playing in, in, um, in this level. The thing is, is that, you know, guys are going to sit there and think about the future. But I, I guess the best way to sort of summarize it was the way a coach told me back in the day that, you know, teams that win in November and December play in January. So you can sit there and say what you want about September or October, but teams that win, and, and if you're not too far out of it, teams that win in November, December play in January, which is, means that's what you're hoping for the playoffs. So you still have hope. And, you know, you're only seven games into the season. you still got ten games to go. No need to toss up the, 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 the panic flag, if you will, or the surrender flag where you're giving up the rest of your season. You can still make something out of it. If they go on a run and they're able to win, you know, eight or, you know, so many of the games, they put themselves in prime position for a playoff spot. Um, but you, you got to start winning. And what the bad thing for the Raiders in the sense of, um, not necessarily, you know, good or bad, but, or indifferent, but it's the, the issue becomes for the Raiders is that in the second half of their schedule, they're taking on a lot of good teams. And they're going to have their hands full with those teams, teams like Miami, Kansas City, who they haven't been able to beat for a few years. And you still have to play them twice. You still have to play the Chargers one more time, the Broncos one more time, the, you know, the Dolphins. I mean, so you know, there, there's tons of teams in the second half of the season that they've got to face, that they've got to figure out what is right, right to ship and, and get it figured out. Yeah, certainly, as you mentioned, things won't get any easier for them uh, from a, a schedule perspective. Uh, our guest this evening on Just Pod Baby is former Raiders right tackle Lincoln Kennedy, who is now the color commentator for the radio broadcast team, along with his partner, Jason Horowitz. Uh, we appreciate his time this evening. I, I'd like to get your opinion on, on some of the more general topics about the team now. One of the big problems for this offense uh, has been you know, not being able to get the run game going, you know, through seven games, the Raiders are last in rushing yards per game, 68 yards per game right now. Can you tell us a couple of reasons why you believe that Josh Jacobs in the run game has struggled uh, through the first seven games? Assignment and execution. The big thing about running the football in the national football league or, or in any league, as far as playing football is concerned, is you've got to have the desire and the demeanor to where you really want to run somebody over. You want to make them move. You want to you want to you want to make this run work. 
And that comes from attitude. And then when you talk about the execution side of it is that for, for a while, the, uh, the communication between the powers that be up front and the, all the would-be blockers has not been the greatest. It has not been consistent. There are a lot of times where, where teams will walk an extra man down in the box to just dare you to pass or negate the run. And I haven't seen a whole lot of com- communication amongst the guys on the field, like who's got whom. And there's usually a guy or two that's left unblocked. That that makes a you know a, a beeline for the hole that makes Josh Jacobs having to have to dance in the backfield the moment he gets the football. So uh, coming into the season, I kind of figured that that was going to be the case because Josh Jacobs is the returning NFL rushing champion, and the, and and every team will tell you that look we're not going to allow him to to go off on us and, and expect that we can slow down the Raiders. So they're going to try to take it away. Um, and, and for your audience to say, you know, if they can't understand it, just go back a couple of years to when Derrick Henry with the Tennessee Titans was running all over everybody and how other teams were trying to take him away, most likely, most notably daring them to pass by walking a guy down in the box. Um, we haven't seen a whole lot of deep balls out of the Raiders this year. I think that's been at a disadvantage or disservice to their ability because now defenses, if they're not going to respect the deep ball, if they're not going to respect the possibility of you going over the top, they're not going to keep a person deep in the back. They're going to keep them up shallow and um, to help uh, defend the run. So there's, there's a number of uh, reasons why the run game hasn't worked, but the big ones are execution, poor communication, and, and just more importantly, you haven't, not having the ability or the wherewithal to be even more creative with the running attack than you can, than he has. You know, so, so just to follow up with something real quick, you know, you mentioned part of the problem is, you know, defenses maybe not respecting the passing game as much or the deep threat as much, um, bringing extra players up into the box. Do you think schematically, um, you know, to improve this, McDaniels would be wise to maybe try to take some more deep shots? I think so. But again, you've got to have the quarterback that has the discretion to do it. I mean, the thing is, is that, if you, you, you know, go, I go back to the words of a dangerous game where if you tell a, a quarterback to throw specifically to one person, then he is going to look for that one person and whether he's double covered or whatever, try to force the ball. We've seen that happen. That happened with Derrick Henry. I mean, Derrick Henry, Derrick Carr, when Derrick Carr was at quarterback. So, and, and it was a disservice for the Raiders and then, you know, he ended up losing some games or throwing some picks, causing, causing some losses. So, um, that's not a good thing, but, you know, you've got to have the quarterback that has – I mean, you have to plant the seed. Look, I'm thinking about taking a post up top or taking a, you know, a go route or a seam route or something like that. I want to keep these safeties honest. And you've got to practice the week prior to playing the game so you feel comfortable calling it during the game. And I don't know if the Raiders are there yet, haven't, haven't been able to get out to practice for a couple of days now. So I don't know where they are with that. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Uh, poor quarterback play has, has been a part of the problem, whether it's Garoppolo or Hoyer or, or O'Connell when he's been we'll out never. there. Yeah, it just, <laughs> exactly. has, it just hasn't been good enough. Um, now, in your opinion, um, are the players still buying into McDaniel's messaging from what you could see? I mean, you know, you've been in NFL locker rooms. You know what great effort looks like. You know what unity looks like, um, you know, better than a guy like myself would. Uh, do you believe that McDaniel still maintains control of the locker room right now and that players are still buying into the message that he's putting out there? Yeah, until I hear otherwise. I mean, yeah, I, I do believe that they buy it in. Look, you know, when, when, when it comes down to players, it, there's no special – magic that a coach comes in and sprinkles and makes it happen everyone's got players that can play because they're all they all get paid 
So they all came from programs where they had success. They wouldn't be in the National Football League if they didn't. But players just want to win. And if an eight-year-old could coach them to winning, then, then that would be the person that would have the job and they would follow. So I still think I, – I do still think that, it's, it's, uh, that he does have the team and that they're all on board. He just has to be – he has to find a way to be more creative to get through them. And they have to find a way to win football games. That's the big thing. But on top of that, you know, most people have been calling for his job. You can't keep firing coaches. If every coach that comes in wants to put his own stamp on the team, wants to draft his own guys, wants to trade and make moves for his own guy in the, in the professional business, if you keep changing coaches, you keep going through that door, you keep uh, you know, uh, going through the same and hitting your head on the wall again and again and again, not only are you losing money as an ownership, uh, a part of it, because you have to pay the guys that you fired, but you're not getting anywhere. You're not making any ground. So it, it, everybody wants to grab lightning in a bottle or catch lightning in a bottle and sort of make it seem like, oh, I you know, hired this magnificent coach and everything's going to be glamorous. It doesn't always work that way. Yeah, and that's a perfect segue to to my last question here. And you know, feel free to answer this one however you, you feel necessary because I know you're on the radio with the team and I don't want to put you in a tough spot. But you mentioned the fan base is ready to move on from McDaniels. Um, and, and, you know, things have clearly not gone the way that Mark Davis would have hoped for when he hired McDaniels, who's now, I believe is nine and 15, uh, with the team. Do you think a change with the head coach is possible if things continue the way they currently are, whether that's, you know, with a midseason change or after the season, you mentioned the revolving door of head coaches that the Raiders have had in the last 10 to 15 years. It's not always the answer, uh, but how much leeway does McDaniels have? Do you think with, with Davis, you know, does he have the patience to stay the course if things aren't improving? I think Mark Davis is going to be a little bit, <clears throat> well, it's not going to be a little bit. He's going to be patient with Josh McDaniels. And the reason why it's, to me, it's actually a a couple of reasons, you know, want to try to see this, this theme that they're, they've created. Um, and in the sense that I'm talking about McDaniels and Ziegler, the the general manager, try to follow this theme to see what, what happens, what comes out with these draft choices, you know, what comes out with, uh, these players that mean that they drafted players that they traded and signed for and all the other sort of direction and what, where it comes and how it's going to see how the dust is going to settle before you make a move. I don't think that he gets fired this year. I think it's too soon to say that you're going to fire him. And, and more importantly, you know, we're only, this is the second year. You, you, you just what, what vision or what are you saying to your team? If you're like, well, I'm going to fire and bring them somebody, who are you going to bring in? I mean, what, are you going to try to go catch lightning in the battle and get one of the more the hot offensive coordinators? I mean, Josh McDaniels to me got the job. With, uh, because Derek Carr at the time was a quarterback, and he had a plan or he had an offense that they used in New England that worked very well. Obviously, you know the history about that with Tom Brady that didn't have a quarterback that had to move, didn't have to run like a lot of these other systems, didn't do RPO action, didn't do you know sprint out where your quarterback's going one way or the other, always moving in the pocket. It was a you know standing still in the pocket, uh, create a cup around him, uh, and have him throw the ball downfield. That was the theme. That's why Josh got the job. When it didn't work out with Derek Carr, they went to another quarterback familiar with the system, Jimmy Garoppolo. And Aiden O'Connell is going to be one of those quarterbacks as well, if, as long as he's uh, part of this team or a coach under you know, Josh McDaniels. But, I mean, he got the job in 2022. You try to fire him in 2023, the end of season 2020, it doesn't make sense. It's too soon. 
Okay, there you heard it from uh, Lincoln Kennedy, former Raiders uh, right tackle and now color commentator for the radio broadcast team, uh, Preaching Patience. You can follow Lincoln on Twitter at LKennedy72. Link, we appreciate the time tonight. Keep up the great work, and we'll uh, check you out on the next Raiders broadcast on Monday night from Detroit. Safe travels getting out there, my friend. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Have a good one. All right, Lincoln Kennedy, our guest this week. He says keep Josh McDaniels. Some of you may disagree with that, and I understand that his sentiment certainly made some valid points there. Hiring and firing coaches has not worked out for this organization, but at what point do you have to say to yourself, this just isn't working? And I didn't want to get into this with him, uh, but at what point do you decide things have not gotten better? They've actually gotten worse. Is two seasons enough to fully judge a coach and assess a coach there needs to be some level of progress and some level of improvement in some aspect whether it's your offense or your defense or your development of young players something I just don't see it at any level I just don't see it with this team he's an offensive minded head coach his offense is bad 30th right now in points per game they are bad in the red zone they can't run the ball Last in, in yards per game, rushing yards per game. His quarterback, who he handpicked, who he brought in, has not played well. And then we discuss some of the embarrassing losses. Those are hard to come back from. I've seen enough personally. I know that a lot of you have seen enough personally. Unfortunately for us and for you, we don't get to make those decisions. It's Mark Davis who makes those decisions. We will see how patient he will remain. But I do hope that you all enjoyed the show. I'm going to say goodbye now. That does it for this week's show. You can expect to hear from me again this week on Thursday with the second episode on my normal day. We will discuss all of the headlines from the week between now and then, and we will break down the Week 8 opponent, the Detroit Lions. The Raiders do take them on this week on Monday Night Football. Take care, Raider Nation. For my guest, Lincoln Kennedy, I am your host, Evan Grote. Take care. We will chat again in a couple of days. And as always, just win, baby.